could shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world you just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. I regard the theater as the greatest of all art forms, the most immediate way in which a human being can share with another the sense of what it is to be a human being. Oscar Wilde. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're programmed by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Andrea Smith, and today's show is about theater and web series. First off, Be The Star You Are has recently begun our 22nd year of service. We want to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are so thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts and we will use those funds for our outreach programs. I'm Archon Clare. And during the pandemic, as part of our Disaster Relief Outreach Program, Be The Star You Are showcases authors, artists, actors, musicians, and other creatives who have had their performances canceled by COVID-19. Make sure you are tuned in to Wednesdays with Writers and Performers and Super Smart Sundays, both broadcasting right here on the Voice American Empowerment's network channel. We have a fantastic show planned for you today. In segment two, you'll meet Terrence Patterson, president and CEO of Paragon Multimedia LLC and a creator of content for digital, theatrical, and indie film platforms. In segment three, we will have Arjun Clare return with a new segment of Innovation Nation. And right now, we are so pleased to have on air reporting with us for the very first time, Maggie Campioni with her segment, The American Connection. 
Maggie Campioni is the newest reporter to join the Express Yourself radio show. She is in seventh grade and is very passionate about theater, reading, public speaking, and most importantly, helping others. Her segment is called The American Connection, where she will present stories about community connections and staying united during difficult times. Hi, Maggie, and Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. My name is Maggie Campioni, and I'm so excited to be on Express Yourself for the first time. On my segment, The American Connection, I will explore the ways in which people are connected and what connects us rather than pushes us apart. Today, I'll be talking about one of my favorite things, community theater. What is community theater, you may ask? Well, community theater is a group of performers that put on a show for the community that they live in. This performance can range from a small puppet show to a full-fledged musical, but one thing stays the same. It connects others. Community theater encourages a sense of community in people of all ages. It provides exposure to the arts and is a creative outlet for anyone who needs it. Most community theaters get their funding from local businesses, ticket sales, and donations. I've been doing community theater for two years, and it is one of the best experiences I've ever had. I've learned so much from the amazing people I've worked with, along with discovering my passion and love for singing. As everyone knows, COVID-19 has had a huge toll on everyone. But in the arts community, it has become nearly impossible to stay active in theater and stay connected. Because of the pandemic, so many actors, directors, crew, and nearly everyone in the theater community has been struggling because of shows being canceled. Because of all these cancellations, community theaters all around the country have been losing funding at a very rapid pace. But there's still hope for community theater. Many theaters have been given grants by bigger corporations to help with productions when it's safe. For example, American Express gives to theaters all over the U.S. Also, community theaters have been finding creative ways, like online, online summer camps for kids or virtual classes or productions, to give people work and an outlet to create. I recently talked to the president of my local community theater group, and she had a lot to say about how COVID-19 has affected our community theater. He says that some negative effects that COVID has had on our local community theater is that they have lost a lot of funding due to show and summer camp cancellations, and that they have, led, and that they have had to lay many people off and are unable to provide jobs for artists and directors. On the flip side, she said that COVID has had some positive effects, such as teaching the theater administrators how to handle money more wisely and what they should invest their money in. I asked her what she thought was the most important thing about community theater, and she said that they were a lot of things. In her words, theater is important for society. People work with others with different perspectives for a common goal. It helps performers build confidence and express creativity. However, she said that there were different benefits for different people. Even with all this information, one question still remains. Is the current virtual community theater situation the same? Well, the short answer is no. But is anything the same nowadays? 
And though the virtual setup doesn't provide the same level of connection that in-person theater does, even from personal experience, it provides a sense of normalcy that I haven't felt in a while. A sense of being with people that share the same passion as you, people wanting to create art to make others and themselves happy. Theater is a way to escape reality, create a new character for yourself, and let go of anything bad happening in the real world. And even virtually, that is still very true. So while the current connection may be virtual, the connection is still there. I really hope you enjoyed my first segment on Express Yourself. I also hope that you learned something about community theater and about staying connected, even in these difficult times. Wow, what a great segment, Maggie. That was really well said, and I really enjoyed it. I did have some questions that I did hope to ask you, though. So, what what is the origin of community theater? Like, how did it all come about? Well, great question. While doing research, I discovered that community theater, in some form, has been around for a while. The roots of community theater has can be traced to the little theater movement that started in the 1910s. The movement came as a reaction to the monopolistic syndicate theater system, as well as an attempt to join the growing discourse about non-commercial theater. Wow, that is so interesting. And, you know, I love how you have a huge passion for theater. I used to be in musical theater when I was younger, and I thought it was so fun. And I love, um, in sociology, I learned about this topic, dramaturgy, which Irvin Goffman, he was a very, like, famous um, sociologist and he was also had a really big passion for theater and so basically he says that life is a play and I just completely believe that and that just has influenced me a lot like in my own life and so I was wondering how has community theater impacted you as a person? Well that's really cool I didn't know anything about like the sociology aspect and that mm-hmm. Like, that's so interesting. But, um, like I said in this segment, I've met a lot of amazing people from community theater. And like I said, I've discovered a passion for singing and acting that I probably wouldn't have. I think that community theater has provided for me is a much bigger worldview and knowing people that I wouldn't have from school or after school or other after school activities. I've made connections with people that I probably never would have made if it wasn't for community theater. I mean, if you go to one school, especially if it's small, you're kind of in your own little bubble. And even outside of that, you don't really know a lot of people. So kind of to like expand the people that I know and the experiences that I can learn about has been really beneficial to me as a person and to how I view the world. Kind of like you said on the life is a play quote. Yeah, I completely agree. I also went to a small school and being in theater really helped like me grow as a person and build relationships with different people. So it's definitely a very fun experience. Definitely. And I mean, me personally, I think it's so awesome how theater has helped you kind of emerge and find a passion for 
things that you didn't know you had a passion for. And I think that's helped me in ways in my life too. I, I as well go to a small school and I think theater has helped me a lot with learning how to be a better public speaker. And I think that that's a really important skill to have. And so I'm really thankful for that. But as you were saying, you, you feel really drawn to theater and you really enjoy it. What's, what's your favorite show that you've been in? Well, I don't have one favorite, but the best role that I've played has probably been when Three Little Pigs and Shrek. However, um, the most fun cast I've been with was probably when I was in Matilda last fall. The, the cast was so amazing, and I had like so much fun with everyone, especially the people that were in ensemble with me. I remember this one time, me and these two other girls, we went to the room where they stored all of the props, and they in there for some reason they had like little sit-down scooter things that usually like were in gyms in the 90s and even now so we in there was a ramp so we were just racing down um the ramp with those scooters and that was so much fun um and I also really like the music that we sang for Matilda and like like I said overall just had a really good time during the show and last, the costumes that we had were really cool, and they actually looked like what I wore to school every day, or what I wear to school every day. So it wasn't really much as a costume, except for kind of like a second uniform. That's awesome. Oh. It's great to see all the connections and memories that you've made because of theater. Yeah, I love that. I remember how fun it was being backstage and everybody just bonding with everybody, like having those little inside theater jokes. It just <laughs> was so fun. I remember I was an Annie and I was Lillian Annie and oh my, that was so much fun. I loved it. <laughs> and so when do you feel the most connected during theater? So, like you actually said, um, definitely, like, right before a show, when we're all really jittery and the director, like, comes backstage and everyone just kind of takes a deep breath before, like, all the opening night adrenaline hits and you get, like, really hyped up on just energy from the crowd. And definitely another time is when, like, you're with the cast and you do, like, a last bow on closing and since most of us don't really go to the same school, it's really nice to just have one last moment with the cast. And I don't know, just something about like these people that you've spent almost every day with for three plus months, like having it all come to an end, but just like having kind of one last hurrah before everything kind of happens and your life returns to normal. I just feel really connected and really just happy and at peace with the cast at that time. Yeah, definitely. I could also really relate to that. Um, there's so many hours that you have to put into theater. Like each day, the rehearsals are like for five plus hours. And so you really build that community. And like at the very end, when it all comes to an end, that like last bow, it's really emotional because it's like, it's your little family, you know, that you've come yeah. to love. And yeah, and so... Thank you so much, Maggie, for coming on the show today. I loved our conversation. I loved your segment. 
So thank you so much. Thank you. So much fun. Show your love for more segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program at bethestarur.org. And keep listening for more as we interview our guest in the next segment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel looking for entertainment news from a kid's perspective tune into kids first coming attractions on voice america's empowerment channel the kids first film critic review all the latest movies tv shows and digital media before they're released interview celebrities and share all that and more so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch our reporters ages 8 to 21 bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families kids first coming attractions plays every sunday at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific on the voice america empowerment channel You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying us with here at Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm Arjun Clare, and we are here today with President and CEO at Paragon Multimedia LLC, Terrence Patterson. While the focus on Black history may have been last month, the experience and journey of the Harlem Renaissance is everlasting with Half Past Jump Time series that are offering viewers more than a glimpse into the past, mixed with a flair of sci-fi and musical sizzle. Terrence has been allowing audiences to share a glimpse into a time mixed with incredible imagination and talent with his web series that is based on his grandmother's stories during the Harlem Renaissance. This dramatic web series is part urban, sci-fi adventure, as well as a dance-slash-entertainment spectacle, available on Facebook, Vimeo, Amazon Prime Direct, and his website, www.halfpastjumptime.com. We are so excited to have him with us today on the show. Welcome to Express Yourself, Terrence. Uh, thank you very much, Arthur, for having me. I really appreciate you having me on your platform. 
Yeah, we are so happy to have you here as well. And so let's just get right into it. Okay. Um, so who and what inspired you to like be the founder of Paragon Multimedia LLC? You know what? I think it really is... Um... I'm an entrepreneur, first of all. So I think that's probably where it came into being. Most entrepreneurs, I believe they create companies or create products because they believe there's some kind of void somewhere. Like there, in my case, um, as far as entertainment and web series, I just wanted to fill a void that I thought wasn't there and mostly focus on uh, the African-American experience, which is also a universal experience. And by that, I mean, uh, with the Harlem Renaissance being a backdrop to my web series, um, that was, that was just uh, kind of the impetus for me to open my company so I can do these types of stories. Um, I also have an animation story that I'm working on as well. So uh, that's probably the, re really the, re the real reason is I just wanted to create shows that I think that I wanted to see or that um, my nieces and nephews would want to see. That's awesome. And I think it's really cool how you have that entrepreneurship mindset. So... What areas of production does Paragon focus on specifically? Um, we really uh, concentrate mostly on web series, but um, I actually have a few shows that I'm actually uh, moving them toward uh, pitching them to streaming uh, platforms, you know, be it uh, Netflix uh, or even one built upon um, already existing platforms that my company could use itself that someone could, you know, download an app and be able to view the videos uh, just as you would YouTube or anything else. So I kind of have a few avenues to go, but yeah. Oh, that's so incredible. And what's involved in pitching? Uh, oh, wow. You know what? <laughs> I would have to say the first thing you need to have um, in my instance um, is a, a good script. Uh, one that um, you've gone through with a fine-tooth comb. You've made sure that um, all of the acts are there, Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. I'm sure these are things that you guys, I don't know if you know these things or not, but as far as how story structure is set up, make sure you have a great script. Um, and in my instance, um, I have a co-production company that's going to help me uh, you know, get this out. So uh, they have some contacts. So it's always good to network. Um, and even if you are... Um, if you're not even, you know, if you're a teenager or, you know, a young adult who wants to uh, get into the business as far as content creation, I mean, you have everything. You have uh, YouTube that can help you, teach you how to, you know, operate a camera and how to write a script and how to create great characters. Um, so all of that stuff, when it goes into pitching, and I'll, I think a lot of it also is confidence. I mean, I'm sure it, it is instances in your life where you... Maybe you had, you know, you were scared of something new that was going to happen. Maybe it's, you know, a test or something that came up or maybe a new class or even starting school. Like you guys just started school. So uh, yeah. things like that. So um, just being confident. That's a, that takes a lot of pitching uh, that goes with pitching, because if you don't have the confidence when you walk into that room or you're on. A, now it's a lot of it's Skype or Zoom. Um, you're not going to be able to convince people that what you're trying to sell to them is worthwhile and and. and of any benefit to them. So in my instance with the story, I have to make sure that everything is um, pretty much, uh, all the I's are dotted and all the T's across. Script, um, potential people who will be casted in the show, um, and actually future stories as well, because a lot of investors in the story networks will want to know, okay, so you gave me a great idea, you gave me a great script, What? Uh, where's the story going to go from here? So those are kind of the things that you need when you pitch. 
Wow. It seems like a, a lot of work to pitch your idea. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of work that goes into it, um, Arjun. Um, like I said, the script and everything. Uh, and also you have to practice. I mean, it's funny. You, you know, uh, a lot of the pitching that I do, um, believe it or not, is actually in front of a mirror. It's, you know, looking at myself. But just because if it's a Zoom, I have to, you know, make sure that the way I'm conveying the information uh, makes sense because I could think that I'm, you know, telling it in a very um, enthusiastic way, but it may not come across because of body language or whatever the case may be. So you have to really even tape yourself, you know, as you're pitching just so that, um, and even your voice. First I did my voice and then I did video uh, because your voice is, um, it's your instrument when you're doing pitching. So having a cool, you know, calm demeanor um, and then having yourself prepared um, kind of helps with that as well. Definitely. I mean, it probably helps to be like an actor when you pitch. I mean, I'm I'm just in school and I get nervous when I have to go <laughs> give a presentation in front of my class. I can't imagine what it's like for you. Yeah, um, I could actually go back to when I was in school. It's been quite a while, but not that long. But um, I remember um, in college, I had a marketing class um, and it kind of, I think I believe it met on a Saturday, actually. It was one of those classes where I just had to fill in some hours. And I had to do my really first big marketing pitch. And I had to come up with an idea. And I had to do it in front of the whole entire class. And prior to that, I had, like, run for, you know, class offices and things like that. And for some reason, I just wasn't afraid to do that when I was in high school. It just wasn't – that fear wasn't there. For some reason, when I got to college, it was there. And when I did this class – um, I thought I really bombed it. I thought my voice was going up octaves. I just thought I was really scared. I wasn't conveying the information. But actually, everyone was like, you did a really great job. So from then on, I tried to not be so hard on myself when it comes to stuff like that. But yeah, to circle back what you're saying, yeah, pitching it really is hard. I don't want to make it sound easy um, because you're asking people to invest, literally invest in your idea. Um, and sometimes they have never met you before. They um, And they you have to make them feel that they can entrust you with um, the money that they're giving and also the time and uh, that they're giving to you and the expertise, hopefully, if they are a mentor that um, that they're giving you as well. So, yeah, there's that as, as well. Yeah, I can completely relate to your college experience. I know that <laughs> sometimes when I had to give a speech in class, yeah. I can feel my voice trembling <laughs> or like going an octave higher. But then everybody's like, oh, you did great. And I'm exactly. like, oh. <laughs> exactly. It's that confidence. It's like you got to do you got to use that in everything, even when you guys start to like, you know, apply for jobs. And, um, you know, if, if it's, even if it's remote, because a lot of first interviews when you get out of the college, those first interviews are usually um, through a recruiter and it's um, a video conference interview. So you got, you know, whatever you do, that confidence, is, it, it comes into play in everything you do, really. Yes. Um, I would just, uh, in the process of applying to colleges, so mm. the interviews are coming up, so I will definitely <laughs> take that advice. Yeah, and please. so I... I thought it was so cool. You were mentioning how you were going to stream or you're planning to try to stream um, your series on Netflix. And I was wondering, how do you know who to pitch to? Like, do you need inside connections or how do you build that network? Um, yeah, well, I think to answer your question, you really just answered it um, in your presentation. The question, yes, it's really about networking. It really you have to get people's attention. Um, and you have to be um, prepared for those opportunities when they come. I actually uh, am lucky enough to 
uh, be able to have um, a publicist. So uh, they they are able to reach people that I'm not able to. Um, but if you don't have that, uh, there are definitely a lot of different ways now that you could, you know, of course, social media, uh, definitely, I'm, I'm sure you guys utilize it, it's of course in your daily lives, but in business, um, it is super important um, to, um, and I hate to use this word, but brand. I mean, I know it's kind of overused at this point, but it, it, people are investing in you, even though if I have a, um, let's say I have a crowdfunding for, and I've had crowdfundings for my, for this show, Half Past Jump Time, um, and I, I forgot, I, I'm sorry, what was the question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, just like how you build that network. How are you able to get, like, how do you know who to pitch to? Yeah. Um, again, it was the, the publicist as well. Um, but also there are a lot of networking um, websites. Um, and particularly for me, they are, as far as content, if you want to get it to someone um, and you don't know anyone, there are plenty of websites. Um, there's one um, that's called stage32.com, which is a great four-way for anyone who doesn't know anyone in the business. Um, you may have to pay a little bit for the service, but you are actually uh, getting in contact with people who are really in the business, who are taking time out of their busy schedules to either read your script, provide development on it, um, and also... Um, they can also get you representation as well. So there are a lot of ways around if you don't really know someone in Hollywood, because even though I do know people um, in the business, it's still very hard for me to, uh, I, it's hard for me to ask them to kind of push my stuff forward. I kind of want to do it in an organic way. Um, and if I have to, I definitely will utilize, utilize your network. I'm not saying don't do that, um, but they are not in positions where they could like get to someone at, at you know, at Netflix. So my publicist, you know, they know people that, you know, can get it to places where I can't. Um, but again, networking is the best and then getting attention. If you want to do something, create that content um, and put it out there. And the most important thing after you do the content and creating it and editing it and all of that is marketing. That is the most important thing. Uh, I didn't know that when I first started out. Um, again, with social media, um, you have to get the word out there, and and that is that in and of itself is a whole nother job. I'm, I'm sure you guys know that. Uh, it's just a whole nother uh, set of skills that you have to use, and um, it's something you have to acquire if you're going to be successful in just about anything. I think these days. Definitely, it's so crazy to think how much is going on behind the scenes when you just see the show on a streaming service. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a lot. I don't- I don't want to take away from the amazing web series that you've created so far. So sure. I have, I was just wondering, like, who or what inspired you to make Half Past Jump Time? Sure. Um, yeah, it actually came about, I was actually um, on the A train here in New York. I was actually on my way back home to Brooklyn. I just finished the, one of the last runs of the off-Broadway play, and I was um, actually thinking of what's my next project. Um, and then I had one of those kind of, a, I don't know if it's epiphany or maybe uh, just a big, you know, daydream. And I had remembered some stories that my grandmother had told me, you know, when about her life. I hadn't, you know, been in New York and I'd actually just come from uptown. So it kind of just played into that. And I um, kind of remember our conversations on the stories that she told me when she was a young uh, lady living here in New York um, in Harlem. Um, she lived here for about nine months to a year before she met my grandfather. And then she moved to Florida, um, and to raise my mother and her siblings. Um, but, 
I thought about those stories and I wondered what her life was like as a, you know, as a young person in her 20s. Um, and then how can I juxtapose that with what my life is like now? Because we had some really deep conversations. So um, I thought, how can I put those two together? And the only way I could think of to do that was uh, sci-fi and time travel. Um, I kind of look at things when I do content creation from a kind of an anthropological um, just looking at how people move in the world and how um, they uh, live in the world in different time periods. So the way to connect that to me was the time travel. Um, and I created the first character, Harriet. Um, she is a time traveler in the 1920s. Um, and she has to pick an heir to a ring that allows her to time travel. Um, she is a time travel agent, so she kind of does some time travel correction as a part of her job, but she also owns a speakeasy uh, that um, is her source of income in the 1920s, and it is failing when we open the story, and she has to travel to visit, uh, well, she's picked an heir, she has to travel to modern-day New York, and she convinces a distant niece of hers, to, who is a hip-hop dancer and an actress here in New York, uh, like pre-pandemic, um, She's not able to find any work, and her aunt convinces her to go back to 1920s Harlem um, to bring hip-hop dance uh, into the speakeasy to help save it and to create a, you know, a really show-stopping show. Um, and that's the backdrop to her actually learning her aunt, who had disappeared 100 years prior from the family, and how she lived her life in the 1920s as opposed to how she... Uh, the character's name is Leah. How she lives her life um, now in uh, the year twenty, you know, twenty twenty. So, yeah, that's the story. Wow, that is so cool. I love how you added aspects of anthropology into your series. I took a cultural anthropology class over the summer, and I have a huge passion for that and just analyzing the way people live in yeah. different cultures and in the past and history. I think that's so cool. And that's good to hear because, um, you know, what also did that for me um, in college, I took a sociology class and, it's, you know, it's along the same oh, line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. you know, just studying different people. And it's, to me, uh, I don't know, I know it's probably a cliche, but I just think people are just very interesting because you really think that, you know, I'm sure you guys have had, for you know, you, you have friends now, but when you initially met them, you had no idea their background, you had no idea who they were. And as you, you know, as the years go on, you start to get to know them. Um yeah, I completely agree. Just like in sociology, you learn so much about how, you know, humans, like their tr the way that they work and like yes. how race and gender influence so much of your life. And yeah. like a lot, of, and you don't like think about that, like in hindsight. And so I think that's so cool. And what character do you identify with most? Like, and oh. why? I would have to say, um, it's so funny, it's actually a female character, but it's only because she is the scientist in the show, and that's one of my big passions as well. Um, Charlie, her name is Charlie. She is a uh, African-American woman, uh, trained, I guess, close to what a PhD would have been at that time, but um, unfortunately, uh, being an African-American and a woman at the time, that she, of course... Um, I'm sure a lot of women at that time were not able to utilize or get a job in the field that she wanted. Um, and um, she's the one I kind of identify with because she's super smart, scientific, and just 
curious about the world, just, you know, alluding to what we were talking about before, being, you know, curious about people and anthropology and sociology. She's the one that I uh, most identify as far as from a mental standpoint or, uh, or intelligence standpoint. Um, and the only, the other character that I think I'm uh, kind of uh, align myself with would be um, Lorenzo, who is actually the villain in the story, which is funny. I don't consider myself a villain, but he's somebody who um, takes life, um, you know, by the horns and just wants to uh, live life on his terms. Um, and that's kind of how I live my life. Um, but however, you know, with all of that, sometimes you got to think of the consequences of the actions that you take. So uh, there is that about him. But there's kind of two characters, Charlie with her scientific mind and Lorenzo with his bravado and how he um, is kind of unafraid and unabashed about what he does um, and how he makes decisions in his life. But yeah, that's awesome. And I think you have a great storyline there. And it seems so interesting to watch. Um, so I, I do have another question. Comparing to around 2018 to the Harlem Renaissance era, how do you think the mo- how do you think modern society has progressed in comparison? Oh wow, <laughs> that's a good question. All right. um, hmm. I would say there's a lot that's changed. I think I'll just boil it down to, I guess, one concept that kind of encapsulates everything that I think. And I think that would be, there's more opportunity, um, be it for people who, um, were disadvantaged, um, you know, in the past, um, from race and from a gender perspective. Um, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I think. Definitely. And so, Going, building off of that, what are some more improvements that you feel that society needs to truly progress in? Oh, wow. Um, I, I guess for me, it would be more about um, caring more for, uh, for other, you know, others in mankind, other people in humanity, people that you don't know, people that you don't relate to. Um, I wish that they would be... Um, more inclusivity, I guess. And I know that's a branded word these days, but um, just, I really just want people just to be able to uh, live out their wildest dreams um, and do what it is that makes them happy. Um, be it in their career, um, if they feel like they want to, you know, finish high school and maybe take a year off and just go travel. I mean, I, you know, now it may not be such a good idea, but, you know, you know once things get back to normal, um, just, you know, do those kind of things and just kind of, uh, live their life and try to build memories in their life. That's kind of what I... Yes, I love that so much. I think that a lot of times we get carried away with what we feel that society expects from us versus really listening to like what brings us happiness and yeah. just going on adventures and being <laughs> spontaneous and that type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, now we are getting to the end of the segment. So, Terrence, is there anything that you might want our listeners to know about you, like your company and your web series? Sure. sure. Um, yes. Uh, quickly, uh, I guess for me, uh, I'm just really, and um, I wouldn't say an ordinary guy. I just one who had a dream, and I just want everyone listening to my voice or you know listening to this podcast to um, kind of really just really go for the dream. And for me, I thought. 
uh, what kept me back was writing. I didn't think that I could, I was a good writer. I'm a great producer in my mind, but I didn't think I was a good writer. But um, as I do it more and more, it's just like working out or anything else, studying, you know, something that you don't like, you just get better and better at it. So that's kind of what I want to leave people with. Like, just don't give up. Um, and uh, when the times get bad, just kind of um, make sure that you always look at the bright side of it and um, just make sure you keep pursuing your dream. Yes, that is so inspirational. I really love that. And I love your perspective and outlook on life. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate your time. Thanks. Check out Terrence's website at www.halfpastjumptime.com. Follow him on Facebook at Half Past Jump Time, YouTube episodes on Paragon Multimedia TV, Twitter at Half Web, Instagram at HPJT underscore the web series, Pinterest, Half Past, and the videos are available on Facebook, Vimeo, Amazon Prime Direct, and his website. Thank you so much again, Terrence, for joining us today. I'm Andrea Smith. Please show your love for more segments by donating to the BTSYA 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program at bethestarur.org. Keep listening for more as we have Arjun Claire in the next segment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for entertainment news from a kid's perspective? Tune into Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. The Kids First Film Critic Review, all the latest movies, TV shows, and digital media before they're released. Interview celebrities and share all that and more so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch. Our reporters, ages 8 to 21, bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families. Kids First Coming Attractions plays every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to Express Yourself. This hour is theater and web series, and today Arjun Clare is back with his segment, Innovation Nation. Take it away, Arjun. Hi, everyone. My name is Arjun Clare, and I'm happy to be coming to you again with another edition of Innovation Nation. Today's theme is theaters and web series, and I'm going to be taking a look at what innovations have taken place in this space. One of the most beautiful things about theater is how little it has actually changed over the years. For over 1,600 years, theater has been, at its heart, storytelling and live performance. Way back in the 5th century, the Greeks were performing plays the same way they are performed now. In other words, plays back then were the same feast for your eyes as they are now. But... While the core of theater has remained the same, the technology in the, is- in the industry has evolved so much with the times. All the way back in the 5th century, people still used props and lighting to manipulate the stage and create different scenes. But with new technology, this has become so much easier and much, much more advanced. Nowadays, our, stage- our stages are no longer a flattened rock or a simple wooden platform, but a structure engineered to undulate and turn to enhance the performance and the audience's experience. Performance groups like Cirque du Soleil have taken a major advantage off of this. I mean, nowadays we even have stages made of ice that travel around the world to perform, like Disney on Ice. Even lighting has changed from candles to rows and rows of powerful stage lights that hang above the theater and a remote control and program to give the best lighting possible. Even the props that we use have evolved with the times. For example, instead of using an ocean background or steps to show someone flying, we now have the technology to use real water to simulate scenes and then drain it afterwards. The acting itself has changed so much throughout the years as well. Now, with more realistic scenes, acting has been forced to evolve. Now actors can do an array of different things. They can do acrobatics. They can flip around on the stage like a gymnastics routine. They can dance and sing like they would for a musical. So while the way we tell these stories has changed from simple acting to plays filled with acrobatics, props, and new technology, the core idea of storytelling is still what drives theater. And even our storytelling itself has evolved. Web series accomplish a similar task to theater while also taking advantage of modern technology. Instead of a live show, filming is done in studios with green screens and high-tech cameras to produce shows that air solely online rather than on TV. However, with phones that have an insane amount of computing power and cameras just as good as those really expensive ones, I can film a web series in my own garage, edit it, and then post it online for the whole world to see. A web series couldn't be shared if it wasn't for the internet, however. But 
even if we had the internet, we wouldn't have a way to share anything on it if it wasn't for another innovation, the screen. The screen didn't just allow us to use the internet. It also completely changed the whole face of theater. Pixels and frames have allowed people to enjoy theater in new forms, first in the cinema, and then in the company of their own homes. But the screen didn't just pop up out of nowhere as we have it today. It went through tons and tons of different iterations and changes and phases to get anywhere remotely close to the modern screen. In fact, the first televisions were actually mechanical. They were invented way back in the 1800s and worked by mechanically scanning images with a spinning metal disc and then translating, transmitting those images through wires onto a screen. And the invention that gave us screens that we have today was something called the cathode ray tube. It was invented in the late 1800s, in 1897 to be specific, by a German scientist named Carl Ferdinand Braun. And it uses electron beams to project images onto the screen. In fact, it's been so useful that it's still used in screens today. And what's crazy is that up until the 1920s, which is pretty recent considering how long ago theater started, all of theater had to be in person because there was no way it could be seen or transmitted anywhere else. In the 1920s, a 21-year-old man named Philo Farnsworth created the first electronic television. But even then, it took until after World War II for televisions to start having widespread use because of manufacturing costs and the cost of the televisions themselves. And even since then, they've undergone so many changes and innovations and upgrades that have allowed theater to become a natural part of our homes with 4K resolution and new LCD screens. One of my most favorite things about researching these topics was how it brought me almost full circle. Theater started way back in the 5th century, but the simple idea of it has carried on since then, and it's still with us now. Over the years, storytelling has evolved so much, but now modern innovations such as the internet, TVs, and screens have let us experience the same theater in a brand new way. Wow. Thank you so much, Arjun, for that segment. That was so cool. And I personally think it's so crazy how much technology has evolved. Like even just looking at my phone or my computer screen, I still like cannot even begin to wrap my head around how somebody is able to invent that. Like it's so like if you just think about the screen and all the megapixels and just everything that goes into it, like I just think that's insane. And I went to, um, I live in Southern California and Universal Studios is really popular where I live. And, um, and so when I was younger, I used to go there with my family and they have this show where it's like a special effects show and they show you kind of behind the scenes of like all the different special effects in like movies. And it was so crazy to see like technology, like the different technologies you were saying about how it's just evolved and it makes everything like look so real, like when you're watching a TV screen. And so, yeah, and I was wondering, 
Do you have a favorite era of time for theater and for storytelling? Do you prefer like modern times, how it's kind of all digital? Or would you rather have it more like how it was in the past where everybody would come gather together to see a play? That's a great question. And first off, I do want to say I absolutely love theme parks. So I love going to Universal yeah. and Disneyland. And you're so lucky to live in Southern California. I live in Northern California personally, and I wish that I could go there on like a more regular basis. Oh, yeah. But for your tons. question, <laughs> I, I think... Sorry, go ahead. I keep interrupting you. Oh, no, I was just saying that, you know, we have tons of amusement parks here in Southern California. <laughs> yes. And so for your question, I think personally, I, I I think I enjoy the more modern forms of storytelling and the stories that we have more. But I, I think what also makes the modern era so great is how we have all this history that leads up to it. And now we have new ways of telling those old stories in such a, such a way that it feels like you're actually there. And I think that's my favorite part about it. Yeah, I agree. I, it's really cool how when we see different like movies now, it's like you feel immersed in it. It feels so real. Um, but I personally kind of, I like the, the like aesthetic of you know the old times of you know where there was no technology and I just I don't know I feel like it's just a different type of like community where like everybody would gather together and watch a play um and so I don't know I feel like it's kind of like that is now it's kind of being overtaken by media and technology and I think there's both pros and cons to both but unfortunately we are out of time for today's show thank you so much Arjun for sharing how theater has changed over the years I'm Andrea Smith and thanks for listening to Super Smart Sundays here on Express Yourself Please support Be The Star You Are and find information on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs at bethestaryouare.org. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the star you are and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our amazing voice engineer, Josh. And thanks to our guests from across the world. And thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top rated program. As always, remember to speak up, speak out and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine. Between the lines If you
let yourself 